0: Um, So this is God's crazy kind of love. The Old Testament had a word for grace or God's love that gives people the opposite of what they deserve. It was the Hebrew word chesed. This word meant when God does crazy things even though nobody merits it. Nobody. Mother Teresa doesn't merit it. He still loves us with Not just regular love, but he shows it by what he did in the person of his son taking our place and uh, facing our our doom for us. So just imagine. I mean, this is the equivalent of the story about the lost coin, right? This woman is in big trouble because she's lost her wedding ring, right? And that's why she goes on this passionate search for it. It's the same way God was reaching out to these Jewish people who had his message, who were not interested in him, who were keeping him at arm's length because the Friday night and Saturday night over at the Baal and Asherah worship center was a lot more thrilling. I mean, we know what the Baal and Asherah sites look like because we've uncovered those from from, uh, archaeology too. And those were also pornographic signposts The whole thing was about partying hardy. The Jewish people figured, we'll do that on Friday night, on Saturday, then we'll do the Sabbath thing that God told us about. And they didn't see any problem with that. So God keeps reaching out to them, even though they deserve the opposite. And he brings her home, even though she cannot guarantee that she is going to go off the reservation again. Isn't, isn't that really amazing? God did the same thing with you and me and gave us unbelievably amazing promises that it's sometimes it's hard to grasp them all. One of the main ones has to do with What happens to a person when they die? Uh, What was I hearing today? Oh, that it said that they were taking Queen Elizabeth's body from the palace apparently where she died to bring it to London. And it's interesting the words that they use. Sometimes they say Queen Elizabeth died. You and I know from the Bible that's a little misleading. When somebody's body gives out, did that person actually die? You know, we know that human beings are made up of two parts. The part that you can see, which is their bodies, and a part you can't see, which is them, their personality, their soul. Jesus described what a person's soul is when he was on the cross, and he said to that dying guy, Today, you are going to be with me in paradise. The guy's dead body stayed dead on the cross and then was disposed of probably at the landfill. That body didn't go to paradise. What went to paradise? What Jesus described as you. So your soul isn't like the cleaned up version of you, you know, where you're like a Stepford wife or an automaton, some sort of, Robot, who who has no personality, has no fun, can't do anything, but just sing praises to God for all eternity. Oh my goodness! When I was a kid, and I thought that's what it was when you died. And so when we had the Lord's Prayer and we said, "Your kingdom come, Thy kingdom come," I thought that meant hurry up and make Judgment Day come. And I didn't, I didn't say that part because I didn't want Judgment Day to come. Because this life and what I was doing as a kid was, was a whole lot more fun than what I was going to be doing in paradise. White robes, harp, singing songs for all eternity. I'd be looking at my watch going, how long have we been at this? And how long do we got to go yet? All eternity? Oh no. You know, so when Jesus says that, what he says on the cross to that guy he describes even the afterlife for his people. He called it what? Paradise. What color is paradise? Is it white like a a cloud? Or is it blue like, you know, a perfect sky? No. Paradise is all the colors that we got and a whole lot more. It's it's reversing life to take it back to what it was at the beginning with Adam and Eve. I mean, it... It's really nice. It's exciting. There's adventures every day. It rocks. It's, it's not a white robe. And it's not a harp. And it's not saying for all eternity. And maybe there's some of you who, would, who really look forward to that. I'm not trying to offend you. I'm just saying for me, that I need a little more. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just need a little more. So Jesus explains to us that You know, when our body dies, it's because God pulls me or my soul out of my body. So people ask all the time, what's it going to feel like at the moment of death? People would, when I was a real pastor, people would contact me if they were going into the hospital for what you or I might describe as minor surgery, if, 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 someone was, if they were gonna put you out, then a lot of people were scared to death that they were not gonna wake up. And so they asked me to come over and talk to them. I know, what the, I know why, because you're afraid you're gonna die. And so we need the reminders or the promises that God gives us in the Bible to tell us exactly what it's going to feel like. Now, we had this Bible section up in my home when I was a kid. And it was Jesus talking to Mary and Martha after uh, their brother Lazarus had died, right? And he said those famous words, I'm the resurrection and the life. I always thought that meant I'm the resurrection. In other words, I'm the life. He's not talking about two things, he's talking about one thing, which is that he's gonna bring everybody's bodies back. That is not what he's doing. When he says, and there, he means I'm the resurrection and another thing I am is the life. And each of those things corresponds to the two parts that make up who I am. The resurrection has to do with what? My body or my soul? Body, right, because your body comes back. Resurrect means to bring back to life. And when he says, I'm the life, he means I'm going to take care of you or your soul so that you're never going to feel the moment of death. You're going to be alive one second. Let's say that, that you die at a ripe old age. You're, you're, you're sucking in a breath of air and when you let it out, someone's tapping you on the shoulder and going, so what did you think? And, and you go, shut up, I'm trying to die here. And they go, your body died, here you are. And you're going, well, I was waiting for like darkness and coldness and clammy fingers touching me. And I was, I, I, I thought maybe it would be like somebody just turn off the TV set. I didn't know. And they say, don't you remember what Jesus promised us? Jesus promised us exactly what it was all going to feel like. He said, I'm the life. Look at, look at the whole context. First, Jesus explains what he means when he says, I'm the resurrection. People who depend on what I did in their place, their dead bodies are going to come back to life. So that's what he means when he says, I'm the resurrection. So now he has to explain the second word, what I'm the life is. And he does anyone who's alive and depends on what I did in their place is never going to feel what death feels like. Is never going to die. Did you know that was in the Bible? We're always, you know, I mean, we're good about the first part. I'm the resurrection of life and whoever is alive and uh, whoever is alive and then their, their body's going to come back. Okay, fine. But this part, never going to feel what Death feels like, you know why that is? Because when Jesus was on the cross, he felt in our place. He's our substitute. He felt everything that death should feel like to us. He felt the darkness, remember? I mean, God even turned off all the lights of the sun during those last three hours Jesus was on the cross to tell people, don't look at what's happening to his body. I'm damning him to death as your subject he's feeling what damnation feels like so when we imagine you know it's going everything's going to get all dark when i die i'm not remembering jesus took the darkness in my place sometimes don't they have those commercials where the, i just remember this one at least where there's a long line of people at the pearly gates and they're asking you know each one some questions before they get the pass to go in and there's someone back in the line that's griping, and then the cloud they're standing on opens up, and boom, they're down. I don't know if you ever remember that commercial, but that one stuck in my mind, maybe because I was a pastor. But this is what people think death feels like. You're standing in a long line, and it's like you're at the bakery, and you've got to take a number, and you're waiting. I mean, your number is 5,676,123. You're going, oh, oh. You don't want to wait. You don't know what's going to happen. Jesus took that in our place. He took the quiz. He failed because we would have and God damned him as our substitute. And remember, he exchanged our damnation, with his halo, and that's how come we know we're going to pass the test, because Jesus gave us his holiness in our place, and that's why you never have to feel any of that stuff like darkness or clamminess. Jesus didn't just talk about this in John 11. Here's John 8. In your Bible, it'll be a couple pages earlier, Jesus talks about the same subject, I guarantee anyone who depends on what I teach is never going to die. You'll have to check that if you want when you get home. John 8, 51. And he says this. They're never going to see death, he says. Now he's not talking about our bodies, but he is talking about what it's going to feel like for me, for my soul. I think that's one of the reasons that You know, they always take chaplains for armies that are, you know, in wars. Those soldiers who know and depend on the news about Jesus, they understand that if I get shot dead, I'm not dying. Depending on Jesus is what gives me a seamless transition. I never even have a moment of darkness, or aloneness, or clamminess, or anything like that. I'm instantly with God. That's something that Jesus earned for us with his damnation death in our place, and his life in our place. And, I, and this gives people incredible courage, no matter what situation they're facing. It can be a war thing, it can be a uh, epidemic thing, right? You're not scared, because death isn't going to get you because Jesus took it in my place. Here's John 5. It's three pages away from John 8. This is all in the Gospel of John. I guarantee anyone who depends on what I say and believes in the one who sent me has life that never ends. And then he says, God won't punish them. They've already gone from death to life. When did they go from death to life? When, the second line, they depend on what I say. That's when they're disqualified from ever feeling what death feels like. That's what the God of the Bible entitles us to. He wanted us to know. He doesn't want us to live in fear that when I go up on an airplane, maybe the airplane's going to crash. Every time I've been on an airplane, I think about that, don't you? I think... Well, we're up here at 30,000 feet, but what if the engine goes? You know? That's why people have all the phobias they have, right? Arachnophobia is fear of spiders. And why are people afraid of spiders? Because one of them's poisonous, and if it bites them, you're going to die. Right? Claustrophobia. Fear of. Yeah. What's the small space people are afraid of? A casket. When I was ten, uh, I got that was the first year I was in fifth grade. So I got to go with the uh, upper graders. I went to a Lutheran elementary school. I got to go with the upper graders on the bus down to Chicago to the Museum of Science and Industry, which was incredible. When I got home, I was really jacked. Uh, my dad was the one home. He was on the phone. When he got off, I was ready to tell him. He said, "No, I got to talk to you." You remember that the little kids went in. You know, took. Uh, uh, you know, the parents drove the kids to old McDonald's little farm, while your mother had a load of kids this morning, and they got hit by a train broadside. And your little brother is dead. There's, there's me. I was ten, and then the next brother was nine, and the next brother was eight. And when the train hit him, they went through the back window, and one of them. It was one of those old LTD Fords, those big boats. And one of them hit a big metal post along the train tracks and he was dead. He looked fine, but he was dead. And the other one, he was his face was all half ripped off. But he was alive. The teacher from the elementary school that was sitting in the passenger seat, the bus hit him on the passenger seat side, she was dead too. My mom was okay, she got out of the car. And there's one of her children is dead. She doesn't realize that, I don't think, because he looked fine. And then there were some three other kids in the back seat, too, and they were injured to different levels, but nothing really, really serious. So then the phone call was to tell my dad he had to come to the morgue to identify his son. You know, nobody explained to me what happens when... Some you look at somebody dead in a casket. I mean, I really thought that he was kind of... I remember the day of the funeral, I, was, I took a bath because they didn't allow me in the shower yet because I wasn't responsible enough. <laughs> and I, was, I remember talking to myself, uh, actually thinking that my brother was probably kind of hanging around and I could talk to him. That's because nobody had explained to me what Death is, and that soul and body are separated. When I when I went to the funeral, then in an hour or so, then I see him laying in the casket, and he looks perfectly fine. I'm thinking in my head he's in there. That body won't work, but he's inside going, you know, because he looks like he's fine. And then we went to the cemetery, and then. They buried his body. Then I th- thought that night laying in bed, what happens when he wakes up? And he sits up and he, that's why I thought, that's why they put that cushy stuff on the, the lid, is so that when you wake up, you don't bang your head and hurt yourself. And then you're just pounding on that casket for all time, saying, hey, I wasn't really dead. I was inside here all the time. When you know God's truths from the Bible, that really does you a favor, doesn't it? Then for people who depend on the news about Jesus, you know that body's like an empty shell. It's like an empty suit that we have for now. And that he's going to give back to us later. And And this is incredible news. This is what enabled Christians back in the day to face you know when when the Roman government was throwing them into, you know, arenas to be eaten up by wild animals. That's why they calmed themselves down. They knew, yes, the stuff before I die is really going to hurt. But the moment when God pulls me out of my body, I'm going to be okay. That's why when they were throwing rocks at Stephen, that guy who was the martyr, right? And then and then Jesus showed himself to Stephen and, and the Bible says he stood up like, in a second you're going to be here. He was reminding us of stuff we have in the Bible. Hosea's people knew about that too because Jesus taught the same things, right? I just want you to remember one more time. John 11, John 8, John 5. Those are the spots, and they're real close to each other, that talk about this thing so that you can look it up for yourself and see, I'm not lying. But then Jesus taught it to his guys to tell other people. And so here's 2 Timothy, where Paul the Apostle is talking, and he says, Jesus destroyed death. He doesn't mean one day your body's coming back. He means you're never going to have to feel what dying feels like. Jesus destroyed that. Look what else he said. He also showed the way to life that never ends. Never ending life, even when your body gives out. This is what the good news is all about. This is the gospel. Not only did Jesus take our place, but he entitled us to a deathless life. Did you ever hear this stuff before? No one ever told me. I went to four years of, you know, synod school for high school. Nobody ever told me. I went to four years of college where we learned all the Bible languages, Hebrew and Greek. Nobody told me. Even I got to the seminary. I got through four years there. Nobody told me either. Now, maybe they did, and I wasn't paying attention. That's a very real possibility. But... The fact is, here it is in the Bible, and nobody should have to live or die without knowing this stuff, right? And then he quotes in the New Testament, the Old Testament Bible stuff that said the same thing. Death is down the drain. It lost. We won. We're never going to have to feel what dying feels like. Who got the last word now, death? Who's afraid of you now, death? See, when you know this news that Jesus taught us, then even the thought of death doesn't have to freak us out, right? This is really important. This is the news that God wanted to reach out to the people at Hosea's time and remind them about why would you like to, why would you want to turn on me when this is what I'm offering you? So there's Hosea. This is the same Hosea book Hosea 3 that we're supposed to be looking at today. And that's where Paul quoted from. Jesus taught him to go to the book of Hosea to understand you're never going to feel what dying feels like. Who cares about your threats? Grave, that's the I'm the resurrection part. Death, who's afraid of you? That's the I'm the life part. The same stuff from the Old Testament is in the New Testament too. And so that's what God was trying to get it through to people. Like in Psalm 23, we hear it at funerals, right? And some other times of the year, too. I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. It's a shadow, but I'm never going to feel what it feels like. It's a shadow, right? We never know when our bodies are going to die. We never know when the time's going to be up, but... We know that when God says that's going to happen that we have nothing to be afraid of because he gave us advance notice. This is some of the best news that's in the Bible. And when we run across people who don't know about it, I mean, we're duty-bound to kind of tell them, I think, huh? You don't want somebody to have to live like we did before we find that news out I won't fear anything evil about death even because you're with me. You gave me those promises and those really comfort me. But this is constantly the way we want to be. We kind of always want to back away from God. We don't want to pay attention to that Bible that has these amazing promises in it. And who do we hurt? Like Mrs. Hosea, we hurt ourselves. But God keeps coming back to us, Right? He keeps reaching out to us with his Bible promises. He does not want to lose us forever. Remember, in the Old Testament, it talks about it, and in the New Testament, it talks about us as Jesus' wife, the bride of Christ. That's why she's got all those faces. And remember what it shows? I remember... The, the words Jesus said in the book of Revelation, the last Bible book. Be faithful unto death. In other words, stick to the news and the guarantees and promises I give and I'm going to give you, you remember how it goes? Crown of, Crown of life. That's this life thing where you never feel what dying feels like. And that's what she's wearing. The guarant- this is this is like God's wedding ring to us. The guarantee that you're never going to die. Your body's going to, but you're not going to feel what that feels like, and it's all courtesy of what Jesus did in our place.